0: Welcome to It's Giving Sus, the podcast where the line between the intriguing and the unsettling is blurred. Every episode, we dive deep into the world of true crime and scandals, bringing you the most suspicious and jaw-dropping stories from around the world. There is so much crazy stuff going on, and we need to talk about all of it. Bizarre happenings, scams, cults, crimes, or controversial figures, we're here to dissect it all. Nothing is off-limits. Join us as we unpack and comprehend this week's story. Remember, if it's giving sus, stay curious and stay skeptical. Warning. This episode contains discussion of extremely sensitive topics. Please check the show notes for more details before proceeding. In 2022, Caitlin Braun, a resident of Brantford, Ontario, orchestrated a series of deceptive acts by falsely claiming to be pregnant, thereby exploiting doulas for care and services under false pretenses. Her elaborate scheme involved pretending to be expecting, often alleging the tragic circumstance of carrying a stillborn child, specifically targeting doulas who provide support during pregnancy, childbirth, and the postpartum period. These professionals were manipulated into providing support and services, including being present during what they believed were moments of labor and stillbirth. Braun's deceit extended to financial manipulation as well, often obtaining these services for free or failing to compensate the doulas. Her fraudulent activities affected numerous victims across various regions, including Ontario, Alberta, and Florida, highlighting the extensive nature of her fraud. Eventually, Braun faced 51 charges, pleading guilty to 21, encompassing fraud, mischief, and indecent acts, while other charges, such as assault and criminal harassment, were withdrawn. The emotional and psychological toll her actions took on the victims was profound, underscoring the deep impact of her multifaceted deceit. As professionals who provide crucial emotional, physical, and informational support during childbirth and postpartum, faced significant challenges due to Caitlin Braun's deceitful actions. Being deeply empathetic individuals who often share intimate and emotional experiences with their clients, the doulas involved in Braun's case likely experienced profound emotional and psychological trauma upon discovering the pregnancies and stillbirths they were supporting were fictitious. This betrayal not only breached their professional trust, but also potentially impacted the way they approach client relationships and their professional boundaries in the future. Braun's refusal to compensate for the services obtained under false pretenses would have posed a considerable burden, given many doulas operate as independent contractors. The ripple effects of this case in the doula community likely extended to concerns about vulnerabilities in their practice, possibly leading to discussions on enhancing safeguards and legal protections. Additionally, the mental health of these doulas might have been adversely affected, necessitating psychological support to process the deceit they experienced in such a sensitive caregiving context. The craziest aspect of Caitlin Braun's case is the sheer extent and complexity of her deception. She meticulously faked multiple pregnancies, convincing a number of doulas across different regions, sometimes simultaneously, that she was expecting, and in some cases, carrying a stillborn child. Her ability to simulate the physical and emotional symptoms of pregnancy and labor convincingly enough to deceive professional birth workers is particularly astounding. This elaborate ruse involved not just simple lies, but also a deep understanding of pregnancy and childbirth processes, as well as the ability to evoke genuine sympathy and concern from the doulas. The fact that she maintained this deception over an extended period and across multiple instances, each involving detailed fabrications and manipulations, adds to the bizarre nature of the case. Furthermore, the emotional impact on the victims, the doulas who provided care and support under the belief they were helping a grieving mother-to-be, makes this case not only strange, but also deeply troubling. It's a stark reminder of how complex and damaging psychological manipulation can be, especially when it preys on the empathy and professionalism of individuals in caregiving roles. welcome to it's giving sus and thank you for listening
1: (laughs) let's head back to our studio hey i love it teleported us straight in Um, yeah i like that i like that we reviewed it you were able to kind of refresh today i
2: did it was another interview with one of Caitlin's victims. Okay, the podcast is called I Did Not Sign Up For This. The episode is the doula scam Shauna's story. Dress. And I'm like, I don't think your water broke. And she's like, no, it did. I'm wearing a pad. And I said, are you feeling rectal pressure? And for those who don't know, if you start to feel rectal pressure, that means your baby is coming out. You are ready to push right now. Your baby is coming out. And so I said, do you feel rectal pressure? And she said, she said, maybe. And I said, if you're feeling rectal pressure, we have to go inside immediately. And she goes, I said, maybe. Mm -hmm. I am not delivering your baby in my car outside the hospital. That's not what's happening here.
1: Well, I had originally come across this episode on the podcast, Something Was Wrong. When I heard this story... I was like, I send it to you, I sent it to my friend Meg and my sister. And I said, you guys listen to this, and then call me. We need to talk because like, I just really need you guys to go through this with me. We didn't originally plan on having this be the first episode. But I was just naturally like, this is what we do. I'm like, have you heard this story, you need to listen to this right now. So we're like, you know what, we listen to it, let's do it.
2: It was like what six episodes watching this Caitlyn Braun birth worker scam just unravel. I mean, it started out as one thing and it just snowballed and became so many other things. I was like gripping the edge of my seat because, holy yeah, Caitlyn Braun,
1: literally, what the. F- Caitlyn Braun. Like, that's all I know what to say. Getting into the season, at least it started out with her kind of manipulating her friends and the people around her before the story revealed that she was doing the doula fraud and abuse to those workers. I didn't know that, first of all, something like this is what somebody would do in their free time. And then, um, <laughs> Literally. Right? Like, like, mind blowing. Um, that and was an elaborate scheme. Fully committed. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, Full she cent. was about that life. I knew what a doula was, but I wasn't, I didn't know as much as I know now. Actually, I have a couple of friends
2: who are doulas. So I'm familiar with what they share about what their work encompasses. It's almost a holistic way of bringing life into the world and there's someone who provides support in different ways whether it's physical support through massage or emotional support you're experiencing tons of emotions as you're going through labor and preparing to bring a child into the world or bring a stillborn child god forbid into the world So these are women who are caretakers, they're caregivers in kind of a sacred space with people, and they're trusted to provide care on a certain level, but not on a level that is medical by any means, like they're not doing cervical exams, they don't have any kind of like medical certifications of any kind, that's not what they're there for. But yeah, I was familiar with birth doulas, and there's also death doulas have you heard of a death doula
1: I have through this whole process I I did see that there's like an end of life doula as well if I could like I guess summarize would you say that it's like a companion in an emotional sometimes physical aspect and just having somebody there through this big like experience definitely companionship Yeah. For sure. I mean, the nature of closeness
2: in a setting like that—like you're seeing someone at their most vulnerable. Obviously, they're partially or fully undressed in some cases. You know, they've got they're they're spread open like a Thanksgiving, like a Christmas. <laughs> yep, like a Christmas ham. <laughs>
1: I know. So, I know. It's I, like, very in my close. Head, very close. Right? And like in my head, <laughs> right? Like, I don't have kids. I don't know if I want them. Part of that whole thing is like the pregnancy birth experience fear of like, I'm going to be spread open like a Christmas ham. And like, then they say that you poop. Sometimes. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, you can poop. You
2: can also rip from ripping pooping front to back. <gasps>
1: Yeah, you know, um, so just <laughs> to like draw the picture of like how intimate yeah. we're talking, not to mention probably like, you're so vulnerable emotionally. Oh, I, yeah. I can only imagine maybe you're having your first child or um, in Caitlin's case where she depicted her stillborn baby, so emotionally vulnerable, as well as like physically intimate. Oh, I feel like those jewels, like, like, like I was saying, who can how could you do that in your free time? Those doulas probably had no concept that like, I, I, I know that they did with like that there is doula fraud and these birth fetishes, but like mind yeah. blowing to, to mind really blowing. think yeah. that this person, a person would go to that extent to abuse them.
2: When you go back to what we first learned about Caitlin Braun and her friendships and like her close relationships, the girlfriends that she had, she was like drawing on people's sympathy. She was looking for people who were empathic, people who would hold space for her to sit there and trauma dump all fucking day long, pick her up when she needed this and do that with her and have these codependent relationships. And I think she knew exactly the type of people to take advantage of in these instances, because any person who is in an intimate care setting like that, whether it's birth or death, they're capable of holding space for traumatic events and big emotions. So she specifically victimized these people because they have that nature about them. Psychological terror.
1: Right. Do you believe that she specifically sought out these people and or was this part of the birth slash being pregnant, I'm gonna say obsession or infatuation? I don't want to like kink shame or fetish shame on anybody. Oh, for sure. Unless that is the right lingo to say birthing fetish. But again, I'm not, we're not professionals here. We're just kind of unpacking and debriefing. No shame, like
2: safe consenting adults all day.
1: Consenting (laughs) fetishes all day, like all All day day. (laughs) I'm here. Birth it yes. up, baby. Yeah, whatever really floats your floats your boat. We're we're here for that with consent and and respect. It was maybe a combination of both of those things, or that she found that like this group of of birth workers and caregivers were people who were going to hold space for her and believe her.
2: I think it was a combination of both. I definitely do. I'm one of those people that is like, okay, what is the root of her issue, right? Like, Same.
1: That's why we're here. I need to know yeah. how, how we got here. I'm feeling
2: like maybe there's a possibility that that comes from like not being believed as a child. And, and she needs this validation for one reason or another. Maybe she's a narcissist and it's feeding her ego. Maybe she has some sort of an attachment issue and it's giving her validation and she's got abandonment issues. I don't know, but obviously she never had help in some sort of a way because this snowballed into how many victims? 19 victims of naked massage. There were 52 charges total and she pled guilty to... 21 of those charges.
1: Yeah, sounds like we might get some more information and maybe hear like the official charges and and all of that. But like, I mean, those numbers, you said how many for the massage?
2: 19 victims of massaging her while she was fully naked. Right, and then 52 total, like 52 charges. I guess they ended up dropping the charges of Sexual assault against her but she pled guilty to a lesser charge which was I think it was like indecent liberties or something like that
1: okay and this so, is in Canada this is this is in
2: Ontario Canada yeah okay
1: there were victims in the states as well so I'm not exactly sure how those Florida like, yeah how those like um systems Bro, intertwine Florida. I don't know this is some Florida I, shit right there like <laughs> I think Respectfully, it's fucking Florida.
2: We love you, we Florida. Florida people, we love you. Yeah, yeah. Just wild. you give us. Yeah, you're wild, but you give us. You give us things to talk about, and we're here to talk about it. So, yeah. guys, Keep if you, you have a Florida story, you know, send it in. There's but yeah, so many I don't know Florida how stories. that would work. Maybe like the FBI.
1: Yeah, I don't know if those are separate. There's going to be all the U.S. ones. In addition. To the what we know now. I think the first thing you brought up was that maybe she was ignored as a child. And yeah. I agree a hundred percent. But my biggest plot twist in this case is that the mother was there. She
2: I know she, she was she I knew,
1: condoning the shit. And she played the game, and yeah. she like she was a hundred percent there. So is this she was um, compliant, like, complicit? complicit she was she was there is this like some Munchausen's by proxy that we're seeing like that was the biggest like what the fuck moment in the case yeah like the mom was there and she came in and was like oh like I'm so excited for the baby we can take the baby to this wedding and like they had they had baby stuff all over their house. Like they were like they were ready for their baby. It's alarming. It's giving it's giving um,
2: Dee Dee Blanchard.
1: Yes. yes. Shout out Gypsy Rose. Congratulations on, Gypsy Rose. Your re- on your release. Cannot wait to hear from you. Um, oh my god. Yes. That has to be coming up soon for for us. So because... excited for her. <sighs> I hope that she has
2: much healing and success in her new life.
1: Absolutely. And she deserves it. Um, yeah. God. And then but
2: very card- much Munchausen though. And I think yep. that that's, they're calling it, um, what did they diagnose Caitlin with? Um, they're calling it fictitious disorder. Right. So yes. I think that's what they used to call Munchausen.
0: Oh. Like I'm pretty sure that's the
2: same thing. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then but by instead
2: prop, of like she, she thought... would be
1: the mom the doing mom. it yes. to the person. So I don't maybe right. that's something. Uh I mean clearly it's not going well if the mom's playing along here. I
2: think there's like some generational like um like maybe a mental illness aspect happening or some some deep-rooted, like generational trauma, but I definitely think there was like a, a fetish part of it for her. Because why were you naked so many times, and and putting these women in positions to touch you, like in an intimate setting, when they believe that you're yeah. giving birth? You know what I mean? If this wasn't sexual in nature, it's a sex crime regardless whether or not she was in the headspace of like fuck yeah rub me down you know what I mean but like I to me that's like it's. there's definitely a sexual aspect and I don't know if it comes from like she's got some sort of deep-rooted you know sexual trauma that happened to her but like she's obviously gone forth and traumatized many others with those experiences
1: right and I, I think the podcast did a good description of consent when talking about this case because while the women may have consented to, you know, help her in and out of the bathtub or give her massage or, you know, be there during a time where she decided to take her shirt off. That consent goes out the window because those doulas were under the impression that this person was in labor and this person was having a baby. So they are not they cannot consent because they don't have the correct information.
2: Exactly. When there's fraud involved in the situation, consent goes out the window.
1: Oh, <sighs> we kind of got into why? Well, why? First off, this episode happened and how we found it. <laughs> um, I, I think we have a few more things to cover on our overview and unpacking here of Yeah,
2: these crimes. One of the things I actually learned today, and don't quote me because I don't remember if it was one of the podcasts that I listened to, or if it was information from one of the local news stations where Mm. Caitlin is from that covered it, like in Ontario, this whole scenario started with her own cousin, who was a doula. No, no. Yes, her Call 911. No. Literally, Seth Meter is- Oh, way off the chart yeah Call she started
1: 1, right like right now okay did not know that that was not hello <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Brantford Police Department this is giving sus
2: oh my god the cousin poor cousin yeah cousin was a doula I'm, sh- I'm shook she right got now. scammed yeah can you imagine your cousin is like hey I'm pregnant and I need you to like be here while I give birth and then Bitch was never pregnant. Okay. I would tell everyone, blood or not. I'd tell everyone. I'd oh, be like, "This, oh. this bitch is a fake pregnant bitch. Like, she scammed me. She's a scammer. Giving so scammer.
1: A hundred percent. Did they interview the cousin? No. I well, I don't know. Maybe someone
2: has, but I, I did not uncover that but just that that was like how it all began that was literally where her scam started was her very own cousin was a doula so obviously I guess she got some sort of you know thrill out of the situation and decided once that that was over she had to find a new person to take advantage of the other thing that I learned today was and this was on one of the podcasts one of the doulas that she scammed it was actually her that doula's very first birth birth that she had ever fucking participated in. She had literally like just got through her training, like just made an Instagram for her business. Like she said she had like only six posts on her Instagram page when she got a DM from Caitlin Braun, like, hey, I'm in this, you know, city and I need someone to support me during my, you know, stillborn birth. She was like new to the game. Like she's like fresh out of doula training and like and the other part of it was caitlin's telling her it's a result of a sexual assault on top of everything so she's feeling this like moral obligation as a newly trained doula that's like ready to jump into this career of like holding space for women during their birth no matter how traumatic that may be yeah she's thinking it's the right thing for me to do and and
1: she's probably excited like she she clearly has some passion for this and some sort of like interest you know she did the training she's starting her brand and like she was probably excited like yeah i would be you know like this is what i set out to do and now i get the opportunity to do it and it's so crazy that like all, like when you were talking about the sexual assault aspect that, that she played into her stories, it's like just another layer of when the doulas see the red flags, they were kind of saying like, well, uh, you know, she was a victim of this sexual assault and yeah. it's a stillborn. So it almost was like protection of like why so- Caitlyn would be acting the way that she was acting, like not wanting to go For to the sure. hospital, not telling... I don't remember if it was her family or whatever her excuses were to not actually go get professional help. Cause in my head, I'm like, okay, wow. It's they're going on a long time with her like shenanigans of like, not going in the hospital, not doing this.
2: I mean, for days, girl, she had some of these women, these doulas
1: hostage
2: literally for
1: days right and in my head right i'm i'm playing the devil's advocate here i'm like well how did they not know how did they stay that long how did they not be like why aren't you going inside like i'm out of here but when we're revisiting this right now it's like she packed on those layers of protection that if any red flags were set off the emotions that were like played into of the stillborn baby the assault and you're gonna leave me here by myself i'm so young this, that, the other thing, yeah, it makes sense of why they wouldn't read into those red flags more. Hindsight, of course, easy to look back and say, yeah, this or that or from an outside person. That was person, crazy, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like from the very moment she DM'd, it was pure emotional manipulation to wrap these women in and get yeah. them exactly where she wanted them to be.
2: Oh, yeah. And she was even hitting them up and saying like, today's Friday, like I'm due to have this baby on Monday, like very, very late in the game. And this is how they originally connected. I don't know if you remember, like all the doulas in the network connected because she ended up telling one of them like I can't find a doula in my city this was a girl that lived like an hour away she was like I can't find a doula in my city because all the doulas like have heard shit about me because she went and like talked shit about me and so I don't trust any of the doulas local to me and come to find out it wasn't that it was One of the doulas figured out her scam and was like trying to warn other doulas that were in this local network where they were able to communicate with each other online. It's just crazy to think that like she was running amok in the city, like preying on all these women that were in the same industry. And I mean, she did this from June 2022 through February 2023. For eight months, she was getting away with this. Thank God for social media. They were able to connect yeah. with one another and able to connect with other doulas who, you know, hadn't yet heard. And, this is how some of these women found out. Like while they were like en route with Caitlin in their fucking car to try to convince her to go into the fucking hospital, and they're like yep. getting messages and calls like from other doulas. The police department even ended up calling one of these doulas while she was in the mall with Caitlin. The police, Brantford Police Department, called her and was like, "We're doing an investigation." Da da da. And she's literally like, eh, like in the mall, like big pregnant bitch to her right like yeah imagine
1: imagine everything that I've heard that she did I feel that I would have been obviously traumatized but maybe really hesitant to speak up because I don't see myself as like a dumb person or someone who's gonna like someone's gonna get one over on me but if they did and I was like abused would I instantly go and speak up I don't know but those layers of everything could also coincide with how she got away with it because it's not easy to talk about and not something that like- Yeah. You might want to come out and say as a professional that I was scammed and abused and all of that. And I don't want to speak for these doulas. We're just, again, we're unpacking here of like different scenarios of like how, how this went on for eight months and then she started reaching out to people in the states and i don't know if she met with them in person but she was able to do uh, her manipulation over the phone from people far away so that you know maybe yeah. when she was the gig was up around her area she started reaching farther and then what was i just going to say
2: bring it back bring it back
1: oh it's gone vape break vape mm, mm, mm.
2: You got it. So oh, coming yeah. back. It's all coming back to her now.
1: I got it. Okay. Oh fuck. Where'd he go? <laughs> Damn it. I understood how she got away with this more after learning that she had multiples lined up. She would have one at the house with her and already DMing and talking to another one. And the other one on the gram. Exactly. Exactly. she she had this whole, like, scheme going on. She had her methods and, like, just multiple. And the contractions, too.
2: Remember how they would say that, like, every single time that they had a look of, like, disbelief or, like, they were, like, over it because she was not doing the right thing for her own, like, health and safety. Like, every time that she perceived that there was a question in their mind, all of a sudden, boom, full force contractions boom, she's fucking sobbing, boom, she's got a trauma story to talk about. And she talks about it for hours, you know, so that was the other part of how she was able to keep them hostage for so long, because they felt like, Oh, my God, I can't leave her. Oh, my God, I have this duty, this obligation to ensure her safety or this child's safety, like they felt like a a duty I get it. You know, that's your, your job, your career, you're trained in that. And you have this person that you can't convince to go to the hospital because a lot of these women, she's telling them, Oh, I was assaulted outside of this particular hospital. I can't go there. And then yes. And had all these excuses about, I don't have anyone that drives. I can't get to the hospital, this, that, and the third, anything she could to possibly get out of having to like be faced with that reality face to face with the doula or with medical staff that she was not pregnant you know so anything to keep that from happening she would just drag it out drag it out drag it out
1: another factor and another layer of her being able to take control was the sleep deprivation she would keep these women up for days like we're talking 24 48 72 hours with like hardly any sleep she'd call them in the middle of the night if they did go home to rest and like she wore them down. She had them doing physical stuff like around the house. I remember one was saying like she was doing the laundry because Caitlin only had like one set of clothes and she was like drawing her a bath and like she was doing like it was a lot more physically demanding than a regular Mm -hmm. partnership as as a doula with a mother. She essentially isolated them, put all the guilt and shame stories around it so they would feel bad if they left her uh she yeah. sleep deprived them and then all of her actions were just so calculated of to to keep this person around me as long as i possibly can until they're until she's busted yeah then she just blocks
2: them yeah on to the next one she's already working the scheme on the on the next lockdown she's got the next doula down the street ready they're ready ready to go hot and ready little caesars
1: yeah and when like imagine the doula gets out of the situation finally and hot like you think the first thing she's going to do is like post on the Facebook group or whatever method they had? No, she's unwell. And they talked about that. Like they need to debrief, they need to like process what actually just happened to them. And like, yeah. So I think all of those things are really how Caitlin was in a position to do all this abuse.
2: A hundred percent, you know, and it's a shame that it's such a necessary service for women who really are experiencing whether it's pregnancy or labor or child loss. Like this is such a necessary service for people. And it's like, how do they as a doula draw the line and determine when they're being misled? You know what I mean? There's certain boundaries that ethically they can't cross because they aren't medical professionals, you know, and you want to hope the best. You want to think the best of everyone. And from what these women who, you know, survived this whole ordeal with Caitlin Braun have said, many of them is that they wanted to believe women. They wanted to believe survivors and that they have difficulty now in, in stories like this and in instances that are similar to their experience believing these women or believing that you know women are pregnant like how they they're now questioning the very people that they intended to serve in such a huge capacity i I wonder too how do they transition from that back into their career as a doula? How do you continue to practice as a doula after something like that? I know I went to massage therapy school and after school, I worked for a franchise of a large national massage therapy chain. I had an experience at my job where I was harassed by um, my supervisor and There were strange things going on with clients that were calling and that were complaining about a particular therapist on staff and saying, you know, this therapist touched me on a place on my body that I did not consent to on the consent form. Because we had electronic consent forms where you could, yes or no, do you want this part of your body massaged? And it goes through with this little person diagram and you know it's very thorough and self-explanatory and you select what you do and do not consent to and these women were calling and crying to me as like a newer employee and I'm answering the phone and they're crying to me and they're like I had a massage with so-and-so and this is what happened to me and I need to talk to someone about it and I'm patching them through to my supervisor who was like this with that therapist that was being accused. They were thick as thieves. They had some weird gift-giving relationship going on between the two of them. And then that supervisor ended up being the person who sexually harassed me. And like, this is my first job experience in that field, coming out of school, coming out of my training, coming out of learning about ethical practices and boundaries in that kind of position because you are in a position of care and you are in a position of power. When you're a massage therapist and likely when you're a doula, you've got a person who is partially or fully undressed. They're laying down, maybe even face down on a table. You're the person that's in charge. You're the person that is standing over the table or the bed, or there's a big level of trust that happens there. And, and even as a practitioner, there's a huge, yeah. level of trust that happens in those environments. You're behind a closed door. You're in, you're in an environment where people who have experienced sexual assault can be triggered by touch. You know, mm-hmm. you're in a position of care where people can be triggered by touch in general because of other things, you know, they could have An emotional breakthrough during a massage. You have to know how to ethically hold space for someone in those environments, whether they're emotionally vulnerable, physically vulnerable, etc. There are also these boards that are supposed to be in place to protect people in these industries. And where are they? You know, you've got these doulas that came forward on TikTok. Caitlin Braun was a licensed social worker. A plot licensed twist. fucking social worker plot twist, and like, they're like, like writing to the board, like, "Hi, we're doulas, and your licensed social worker scammed us and frauded us and lied about being pregnant and this, that, and whatever." And it took them. I don't even know if they have removed her license yet. Do you remember if they've
1: removed her license? I don't rem. I don't recall hearing anything about that. Um, I also don't know much about social work. Do you think that as her profession gave her maybe an insight of some of these things and manipulation tactics?
2: Being a social worker probably also aided her in having somewhat of an understanding of the local laws in her area regarding Mm -hmm. different things, maybe with pregnancy or family related things. I don't know. She was a social worker for families, young mothers, you know, pregnant moms. I don't know exactly what line of social work she was in, but I would think someone in that field would definitely have a deeper understanding of what's allowed, what's not allowed, and, and who are the boards or governing agencies that are in charge of these different licenses, and do these governing agencies actually follow up?
1: And now that we brought that up, if she disclosed that to these doulas that in my opinion a social worker is like a trusted person doing the right thing like fighting the good fight like yeah she's kind of she's like in the system you know like she's right helping in some capacity i also have her linkedin so i'm gonna look at it right now and see what oh my god yeah exactly can we can we see it on our screen can we do that Yeah. yeah we definitely can do that here we go support
2: worker passionate about trauma-informed care for those who have experienced gendered and sexual violence. So she was supporting women who are battered or sexually abused. Um, I am sick. I wonder what the difference is, like, between being a social worker in Canada and being a social worker in the United States. Like, I wonder Mm, how different it is. Good point.
1: Good point. It said RSW. RSW
2: support worker. So this is her LinkedIn from Brantford, Ontario, Canada. It says she's a support worker for Jordan's principal. We should look that up too. Mm-hmm. Jordan's principal and see what exactly they do. Jordan's principal makes sure all first nations children living in Canada can access the products, services and supports they need when they need them. Funding can help with a wide range of health, social, and educational needs, including the unique needs that First Nations Two-Spirit and LGBTQQIA children and youth and those with disabilities may have. Jordan's principal is named in memory of Jordan River Anderson. He was a young boy from Norway House, Cree Nation, in Manitoba. So this is an organization that provides support for Indigenous Children, specifically two spirit, which is what Indigenous folks believe transgender people to be two spirited, both male and female spirit, and then children who have disabilities. Let's
1: see if it has like maybe job openings. Because yeah it might or like, say, like what you need like not like i don't want to work there but i'm just saying it might like say it might be fired yeah the, a job opening like asap and then i found like the government like thing requirements to be a registered social worker as well for canada so an rsw is uh registered with the ontario college of social workers and social services which is a regulatory body that ensures ethical practice and protects the public interest.
2: So those are the folks that the doulas were writing to and saying, your social worker is doing X, Y, Z, and they were dropping the ball on removing her. Yeah. So those would be the people that Those would be the only people other than obviously the law. The social workers, they're providing services, technically is what they're supposed to be doing, in a role where you're providing help. Like there has to be someone to make sure you're doing that ethically. And that's what this college board is in charge of. And allegedly from the doulas, they're writing into this college board and saying, this person has been traumatizing me and all these other people in the city and they just weren't getting back to them or were dropping the ball on it. And it's like, who else were they going to turn to?
1: They went to the right channels. They did exactly yeah. what they were trained to do. Nothing was done. So I did find the Canadian Association of... So Jesus. Canadian Associ- Social Workers Code of Ethics for Can- Canada. Great. I found it. Um, okay. So... <laughs> So, okay, the code of ethics provides a consistent set of values, principles, and standards of conduct for all social workers across Canada. It gives social workers the guidance and confidence to handle the uncertainties and challenges that come up while providing services. Social workers can use the code of ethics to make informed and appropriate decisions in the complex situations they encounter in the line of work. Number one, respect for the inherent dignity and worth of persons Two: pursuit of social justice. Three, service to humanity. Four, integrity in professional practice. Five, confidentiality in professional practice. Six, competence in professional practice. And so these are all things that she like swore to do. It says a little bit more about like the scope of social work. Social work focuses on the person within their environment and recognizes the importance of family, community, culture, legal, social, spiritual, and economic influences that impact the well-being of individuals, families, groups, and communities. The pursuit of social justice and culturally responsive practices that applies an anti-oppressive lens to all areas of practice and is grounded in ethics, values, and humility are central to social work. So, in Um, other words, she really
2: fucking knew better.
1: She knew. And I'm like, to come back to our earlier question of like, was this fuel to her fire? Absolutely. The practice responds to the needs of people, addresses barriers and injustices in organizations and societies, focuses on improving health, social well-being, using social determinants of health framework when delivering services, navigating systems, advocating for equitable access and improvement, Social work engages people in communities to address life challenges, traumatic events, create change, and build resiliency. Collaborates with other professionals, communities, and organizations to provide services, improve conditions, opportunities for growth, recovery, and personal development. These may include The delivery of clinical services, including assessment, diagnosis, case management, counseling, therapy, consultation, crisis intervention, treatment, group services, programs, support, and referrals. Yeah, and not only did she know, but like her role, it's essentially the same thing. So she's evaluating, right? She's trained to evaluate what the needs are crisis intervention, assessing, diagnosing, uh, treatment of mental, emotional behavior disorders and conditions. So uh, she, that very well could have been, that could have been part of her role as a social worker. Yeah, literally diagnosing people. Exactly. And then it says health service settings, including hospitals, clinics, home care, and other organizations. The services to children and adults who experience sexual violence, abuse, trauma, and human trafficking. She's a literal professional.
2: A literal professional. So imagine she knows it from from the aspect of being the caretaker, the service provider. Well, she's going to obviously know how to communicate emotional and physical needs to another person that's in a care-type industry.
1: She came in from the back door. Yes! (gasps) Yes.
2: <gasps> oh. That is so creepy.
1: It's another level because and back yeah. to like the question of like, how did we get here? How did 52 two charges like how did the whole thing happen? Right? Yeah, because she knew she was a professional. She was trained in this stuff. She was trained in the signs and symptoms and things to look for, to diagnose, to offer assistance and be like, be culturally aware of like and assessing these different needs of people so that when she was the person in need, she had the perspective from the caregiver's eyes and knows what to do to play into that.
2: No, she trained herself in a career that was training her criminal activities at the same time, you know, not just criminal activities, but training her in the ways of being able to defraud so many people. Successfully. Yeah. Successfully. Like, bro, that's commitment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's all like, I'm so glad we're doing this because all of this just gives me like a clear picture of how we got here and like, yeah, how this, like all the pieces like start to make sense. Like, I didn't know about like the cousin being the first one where she kind of like tested that out. And like, right. I know that she was a social worker, but now that we're diving into it, it's like, now I understand like more of the context and like how actually insane that is. And yeah, how she was able to get in that position of power and just really like manipulate these women as much as she did in an eight month period. Like this wasn't like 10 years. This was 52 charges in eight months.
2: She knew specific things as far as like how to time her fake contractions based off of what a person who had experienced sexual trauma might experience during contractions and how the body responds based off of that kind of trauma like bro what did you get a fucking information packet from your job yeah yeah, like
1: this bitch probably has binders full of this shit yeah she literally probably learned exactly those things like how a person who has been you know through some trauma uh, reacts differently or does this uh, like she probably knew all of that and she's that just the world's like, best fucking actress as well because the fucking sounds she would make over the phone. That was horrible.
2: Like, the audio, I can't even imagine being in the position to have heard that live and think, not only that, but some of the audio was, like, her pretending to be, like, fading away and dying in the hospital yep. while she did that giving too. birth. So, like, imagine the trauma of hearing that live and then the added trauma of finding out that it was all a fucking show, like for what, like for your kink or for your psychological game, your ego, like, I can't, that's like another, it's like another level of trauma. Like not only was I traumatized in the moment, but the moment was never fucking real.
1: How do you trust ever again how do you even trust your, your own how do you trust your own instincts after it's, that you don't and i think that's probably another factor of why people didn't speak out right away or maybe still haven't you know because yeah what a mind fuck! you were a yeah. professional and this person who is also a professional now we know yeah has got one over on you and assaulted yeah. you and abused you and manipulated you for days you even some even were saying that they bought her stuff and like she crossed the boundaries of like getting in the car where they never like let people in the car before like yeah, these people did a lot of things that they said they w- they had boundaries and wouldn't do, but she got them yeah. to break those boundaries and that I know that doesn't feel good when I yeah. like have have this boundary and I cross it. Uh it's embarrassing and it it hurts and you like question like your beliefs and your values and your your things and I wouldn't want to speak out about that either. I think sometimes
2: it's hard from a woman's perspective to see another woman as a groomer or like a sexual abuser or like a predator in that type of a sense. And it was more than just these women's time and like emotions. The level that was crossed is the same level that is crossed when at your job and you've got your male supervisor crossing boundaries with you. It's, it's yeah. the same thing, but we just, we tend to maybe not look at it in the same light. It's it's a mental manipulation. It's a grooming. It's a, it's an abuse. It's, it's exactly – I mean, she's a sexual predator.
1: I think the whole mind-blowing aspect um, and to touch on what you were saying is that like it's the uno reverso. Yeah. Like, like I, I listen to a lot of the stories and scams and different things. And typically, it's the person in, in power or the doctor or the – who is doing the manipulation the grooming the assault and here we see the patient assaulting the birth professional yeah which is also woman on woman which is also taboo. And, you know, I don't even know if it's taboo, but it's not like the stereotype, you know, like when you say a sexual abuser or or groomer, you know, the first thing that comes to a lot of people's mind is a a male, especially against another female. So the yeah. whole like dynamic, I think it's good to to talk about that too, because it's not all we put that in the intro of the vulnerable position that these workers are in. I think a lot of times that what true crime and content like that is talking about is the individual getting abused. And from what I can remember, this is the only case I've heard of where a single predator has abused upward 2030 women. Yeah, who were the professional serial predator dude yeah and i think
2: also like she got no bond too and that's part of it is like what was going to stop her nothing you know what i mean like she's the master at what she was doing and she was doing it on such a repetitive level that these victims were overlapping like she was going to do it again any chance she had she was going to manipulate and defraud and take advantage right
1: now she could have someone on that jail phone saying, "I just got arrested because this and that, and I'm pregnant, and I'm going oh, to this can in the jail." Can you imagine? She could be going to the fucking nurses in the jail, like. Oh, I bet she has a bitch in jail. I bet she has a
2: girlfriend that she's lying to and saying, you know, she got knocked up before she was arrested and getting right. somebody to put money in her fucking canteen or something crazy.
1: Right. And if there's other inmates who aren't current on different things, how would they know?
2: Yeah, 100%. That's fucking scary.
1: We were debating I don't I don't remember the words, but we were saying is it a fetish? Or is it like an attention thing? Or like, is there the sexual component of like, yeah. she gets off on this? And yeah, I, I think that um, she she does because one of the, the women's stories talked about how she was touching herself. That's right. While she was giving the back massage, I believe.
2: Yeah, she was like face down or something and noticed that that was going on during it. And she tried to say, oh, I thought my water broke or I was feeling for this or that. Yeah, creep. Yeah,
1: before the, the people even walked in the house when they were driving over to meet her for the first time, she would say things like, oh, I might be naked. The door's open and just- yeah already setting that scene to groom them into what they yeah. were going to get into.
2: Yeah. It's like so. they
1: didn't even have, like, there was no even,
2: like, easing into it. It was, like, straight out of the gate, full force. Like, victim of rape, stillborn baby, butt-ass naked waiting at the door. Like, damn, girl. Yep. And these sweet ladies are just like, I'm here to
1: help you and your baby. Right. Right she had like a date or a friend with her and then would like have the doula come over to the same airbnb and like intertwining all of that i was like like is she not tired like there's so many storylines to intertwine. literally yeah
2: and how was she staying up for days
1: too like she's doing this to them but like what are you on girl she was feeling that high of whatever thrill she got out of that maybe (laughs) probably on pure adrenaline too. Yeah, so we were talking about like the impact on the victims and um, I wasn't there. You weren't there. And we we are not the victims in this case. Quick personal reflections for us on this case. How did you feel when you first heard the story? I was shooketh. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, how?
2: Why? I had so many questions like You know, it's kind of like when you watch like a really artsy independent film and it's got like a really deep meaning to it, but you kind of have to watch it like a second time to really fully grasp everything.
1: I was shocked at just so many levels of this. Like, like you said, how was she able to get away with it? I would say that I felt very confused for just multiple reasons. And I'm so glad we did this today because it just gives me a bigger scope of how this could happen and how someone could maybe do this to others and just disgusted on that level yeah. of i almost feel betrayal um yeah. like the whole like social worker woman on woman crime to another caregiver yes. is just like i just feel like like i want to take a shower like I'm just nasty i don't it, it that's a good way to describe it betrayal really is, yeah. is how i would summarize it in a single word Have your feelings or perspectives changed since learning more about the case? I don't know that they've changed. I think
2: that I've just come to understand the depth of calculation. I was appalled from the beginning at the way that she was victimizing people who really genuinely did care about her, whether it was her at the time girlfriend, whether it was her circle of friends. Whether it was these birth workers, but I don't think my perspective has ever changed. But I just feel like I understand now that it's so much more psychologically deep. And you know, I think she would need, I'm sure, major evaluations to even
1: understand the level of of what would compel her to go to these lengths. At first, I held, I don't want to say like compassion, but I'm like, there's something wrong with it. Like, who hurt her? Like yeah. what has happened in her life that she would do this? She must be so sad. She must be so lonely and like just needing that connection and, and whatever it is. But learning more, it's like, it's just evil. Like she yeah, it's learned. Yeah, to feel also- sorry for her. Yeah, I don't feel sorry for her. Um, It was almost, I feel like I originally was at a place of like, my mind justifying how someone would do this. And it was because like maybe something really bad happened to her. She's very sick, like whatever it is. And now it's like the calculation of all of it. I I just think she's she's evil, whether it was the sexual component or just needing attention or or feeling a feeling of some need or desire or fetish like it doesn't matter. It was all to hurt people to get what she wanted. And there's no compassion from from me on that. You know, I'm not like a behavioral analyst, but scammers are gonna scam. Like that's, you know, the conclusion we we've, we've come to. It's just like it's probably not an isolated incident. Facts. Facts. Yeah. I mean, I won't be surprised if more people come forward. As we draw this episode to a close, I'd like to take a moment to share some of our final thoughts on the story of Caitlin Braun. This case has been a journey through complex emotions, challenging ethical questions, and the intricate web of human behavior. Before we conclude, let's reflect on the key insights and lingering questions that this story leaves with us. I think for my like curious mind is, is like
0: the why part. Yeah. For me.
1: Yeah, same. I mean, I'm
2: definitely curious about people's reasoning, you know, what makes them tick? What makes them do what
1: they do? Yeah and my other lingering thing is the mother the fucking mom she needs to to be liable she yeah she She was participating in this I wonder did she get
2: charged too she's like that
1: I've seen that's what I think yeah that's how I feel yeah the mom is sus
2: Totally sus. Mom, if you're out there, not, not my mom, not like my personal Miss Trunchbull, Caitlin Braun's mother, senior. Yeah. Mrs. Trunchbull senior. If you could please (laughs) contact us, it's giving sus podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to weigh in on um, the deception that your, that your daughter is now being held accountable for and your part in that. um, We would love to hear from you. And I think that listeners would love to hear from you too. And um, yeah,
1: hit us up girly. Call us girl. We need the team. We need the the only thing left for us is the scale of suspicion. And we're going to rate the level of skepticism or suspicion about different aspects of this case, for example, the motives the claims made. uh, The individuals who are involved and the legal decisions we're going to rate from one to five, starting with not suspicious completely believable presented facts or explanation, without any doubt. Or number 5 which is extreme suspicion or call FBI instantly hang up call 911 FBI do not believe the presented narratives have significant doubts and questions about many aspects of this case okay so i i fully believe that i fully believe
2: the facts presented however however there's a there's a lot of shit that's 911 level like straight out of the gate yeah, straight out of the gate, and and there's like you said, there's questions, especially you know involving the mom. I mean, it's very very sus. Like it's the whole thing. I, the whole yeah. thing is sus. Like it's literally been nine one one out the gate. Like I literally I can't FBI. even read it. Anything
1: else? Yeah, FBI nine one one. Like, uh, like that's all, Like it's it's up there. It is one of those that are mind blowing. Like it's not just you hear this every day, like it's just like so sus and there's still so many questions. And I feel like with a lot of this cases we're going to talk about on here, like that's going to like there's still questions we might not ever get. But at least what we're doing helps us unpack, debrief, sort through the different things that that we've learned. And just like I know, I feel like it's out of my head. It was rent free for like the last month, but I feel like I can like we talked about it, I understand a little bit better. And I can like, put it put it aside. So hopefully some of like our listeners kind of get that same feeling too. Because some of this stuff is so just call 911 and the FBI, it's mind blowing, and we hold it all in. And if you're anything like me, I consume so much true crime content that has to go somewhere those feelings and the energy and like all of the stuff that you're hearing about and learning about things that you didn't even know were possible, like, those are stored somewhere. And I feel like when I don't like debrief from it, it starts manifesting in my life and in other ways, like I'm more on edge or anxious or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So right. I, I hope the viewers can get like that same sort of feeling too. Um, cause I know like it, it's just as helpful for me if not anybody else. Like I know this is helping me. All righty. Well, thank you guys for joining us in today's exploration of
2: a truly intricate and thought provoking <laughs> case. <laughs> Truly. We hope that the episode has offered you insight and perspective. If you found this episode compelling, please consider liking, sharing, and subscribing. Your
1: support means world to us. Absolutely. We're trying to quit our jobs. Like we're we're trying to, we try to be here more. (laughs) Yes. We're trying to be sus housewives. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The real housewives of susness. Yes. Sus County. Yeah. We want to be here for it all. Sus County, USA Housewives.
2: Your support means the world to us for real, for real. And it helps us continue to bring these stories to light. We value your thoughts and opinions. So please leave us a comment below. You can also email us. It's giving suspodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram it's giving sus podcast and we're on tiktok as well so please connect with us we love you Um, we value your thoughts and your opinions so keep in touch let's keep the conversation going and
1: until next time take care and stay informed and skeptical (laughs) check back every monday and until then monday monday it's monday Monday. monday Monday fun day to start your week off with a little suspicion um till then stay skeptical and stay wait no till then stay curious and stay skeptical thanks for watching how do I pause